0: If 2020 has taught us anything, it's that things don't always go according to plan. The job that you thought you'd retire from suddenly doesn't exist anymore. The school that your kids attend isn't able to hold classes. Church is now live-streamed in many areas, and our chances to assemble with fellow believers looks a whole lot different than it used to. It's challenging for us as adults, but it's challenging for our kids, too, and in different ways. Now, normally our kids would look to us for guidance on how to get through life's challenges. And we're usually pretty good at helping them because, well, more often than not, we've already been through the challenges that they face and therefore we can show them how we managed. But 2020 has shown us that that model isn't going according to plan either, because most of us have never experienced a global pandemic. That means it's new to us as well as to our kids and they're seeing us flounder just like they are. So that brings up yet another point of stress an assessment of COVID 19's impact on our kids and how we, as parents, can help them take on the challenges and come out stronger on the other side. That's our goal today on License to Parent. Well, hi, welcome to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year long, Christ centered, wilderness based residential program working with troubled teens. Our host on Licensed to Parent is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, and I'm Rich Rozell. Now, a few weeks ago, Trace and I had a chance to chat with our good friend, June Hunt, from Hope for the Heart Ministries. We were actually planning on talking with her about her new book, but when we started chatting before the program, we all kind of agreed that it was more important to talk about these issues. So that's what we did. We'll have June back on at another time to talk about our original topic. June Hunt is an author, a speaker, singer, and the founder of Hope for the Heart, a worldwide biblical counseling ministry which she founded in 1986. Hope for the Heart offers biblical hope and practical help through biblical counsel, coaching, and context for contemporary concerns in more than 60 countries on six continents. June's books have sold more than a million copies now. You can find them wherever you shop for books. And even though we're not talking about it today, I do want to mention her book. She's got a new one coming out in February called Anxiety, Calming the Fearful Heart. And it's part of the Hope for the Heart series. But for now, our host, Trey Simbry, and guest, June Hunt, look at the impact the COVID-19 pandemic has had on our teens.
1: All right. Well, June, welcome back to Licensed to Parent. It's such a pleasure to have you back.
2: Thank you. It's always great to be with you. You do such wonderful, life changing work.
1: Well, likewise. Uh, June, many families have had their worlds turned upside down. The the pandemic has changed everything. Uh, As a result, many kids have been struggling because of the the, the COVID crisis. Uh, Have you talked with kids or parents? uh who who have been struggling w- with the will to live i mean i know that's a big deal out there and, and i know what you do out there in texas i assume it's an absolute yes but can you elaborate
2: on that well we're a nationwide program like you and and we uh it it's a nighttime program from 11 p.m. central time to midnight and you know with the uptick meaning the heavy increase in suicides that have been not just attempted but completed, it's imperative that we meet people where they are and understand that some are going through things that at the time of life they did not anticipate, and a lot of it has to do with the isolation where they normally would be with other people, and mm-hmm. uh, apparently they're learning the negative of, of isolation or not being able to be engaged and, and the brain not being stimulated, et cetera. But, uh, well, in fact, recently I have a fairly new friend, I'm teaching a course and she just loves what I'm doing. And, and she's a, uh, younger than me. And she, uh, I, I called her about something that we were going to be doing. And she said, how interesting that you called me. Now I called at nine, 9- 45, and normal people don't call that not late at night. This is night. And I said, is this too late? She said, no, no. In fact, we've just gotten back from a pediatrician. I said, "Uh, is everything okay? She said, well, I learned that my daughter was suicidal, age 14. Mm. She had never been suicidal before. And that weekend, I spent several hours with the 14-year-old beautiful girl. Uh, sweet disposition, tender hearted and um as and and you know, I I began I did not know her from before and I, I kinda told a little bit about my story and I said, you know what, I know what it's like to it, it, it's not not like you want to commit suicide, it's just you want the pain to stop. But you're not wanting to kill yourself, but if that's what it takes. Can sound logical. Then we really did get to, to talk. And of course, I was now encouraging the mother. I said, You've, you know, it, some things she needed to do. And she was totally receptive. But I was very impressed with what this mother did. In fact, she had taken this daughter to a counselor. And this has been huge because it's an objective person a person who knows how to engage a young person to talk. And she said, oh, I just love Jalissa. And they talk about the things that have not been talked about before. Because, you see, many parents don't know when a child has actually experienced at an earlier time sexual abuse. Now, it didn't last long, but she felt powerless and she was at the time because she didn't know what to do. But what I'm saying is there can be contributors that many times parents do not know because they it's not usual that kids talk. Kids don't typically tell because they have a sense of loyalty, sometimes for the perpetrators, sometimes it's for the parents, and they don't want to make waves. There are all kinds of reasons. Yeah. But... This is why it can be wise to get someone wise like you. You know, when when I think of, of of you, Trace. You know, the the way you know to talk with kids, it's so important. But the bottom line is this: um, they get put some separation between the older daughter. And uh, intentionally had her sleep in a, a bed real close to the parents' bedroom, and started doing just things with very individual attention. And then this this young girl, at age fourteen, she's creative, and you know I didn't think of this until today. I'm mean, now I'm listening. I said, well, what did what, what types of things have you done, and and. Um, she said, you know, it's going to be Thanksgiving, and there are a lot of things our kids can do for others. And immediately I thought of the scripture, it is more blessed to give than receive. Hmm. It, it, to, to find ways that the kids could give. So she, the mom went and bought um, sidewalk chalk. You know, the color, they, they come in different colors. And then they went to different people, got their permission. Would you like for us to draw on the sidewalk, a picture and a message. Now, the message was, the first thing she said, it's in God we trust. Mm. God mm. is love. You know. Love one another. And, and, and he, they even drove to some of their friends where they would do it out front because the kids weren't at that time allowed to really play with each other. But they could do the drawing of the flowers, the floral, the design that was very attractive. And then if it rained, it washed away.
0: June, I'm curious about something. You mentioned about this mom of the 14-year-old girl that she never knew that the daughter was suicidal. And it's it's so important to be able to recognize some of those indicators, some of those signs. Can you share with our listeners some of the things that they might be needing to look at on a regular basis in their own kids. You know, how do we recognize anxiety, fear, concern, and those things yeah. that might lead to suicide?
2: That's a great question because there will be some indication. In other words, there'll be classic characteristics or, or signs. And the, there's an early stage, an advanced stage, and then the danger stage. The early stage would be kind of an avoiding of Family or friends, or both. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a lack of interest in what used to be enjoyable, and kind of um, it, in at school, it's more of a distancing of you know, even a type of apathy. Uh, the advanced stage is the depression. Now, she, this gal was in depression, mm. and the thing, some of the things that she had been interested in, she was apathetic about. And it can be a neglecting of personal appearance. But the danger stage, it it's like there is no hope. It's hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can be some suicidal talk, even though... I mean people don't i i my my experience over the years is people don't say i am suicidal that they they right. don't use that word, but i you know i life just isn't worth living anymore it's just there are certain phrases so what, listen very carefully, and then there's something unusual a giving away of personal possessions mm. you think well what but why why is because if they think they are going to Be gone from this earth. They can want somebody to have something that's special to them, and so that gives them joy. So there can be a change. Listen to this: a change in disposition. They can actually Mm -hmm. feel, oh, oh, I'm so glad my son, my daughter is doing so much better. Well, no, it may be that they finally decided, okay, I've got the plan. I'm going to be free. So you have to be very careful of that. About just that appearance of, if you will, you know, that the the lack of the heaviness, because they can think, oh, I'm finally going to do something. So, but watch for the other areas. And the key is, if you see any of it, you've got to be talking with them. Yeah. People often, typically they don't really, most don't commit suicide when they have, they're connected to somebody where there's a true relationship.
0: Mm -hmm you're listening to License to Parent, our guest today is June Hunt, founder of Hope for the Heart and author of the Biblical Counseling Library, which is a 100-volume collection of topical biblical counseling manuals. We'll be right back with more of our conversation after this. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics and more. That's why at License to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at licensetoparent.org/wisephone.
3: In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on resources, and look for the article What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. HelpmyTroubledTeen.org
0: Welcome back to Licensed to Parent and our conversation with June Hunt. We've been talking about recognizing the stages of suicide in our teens, especially in the COVID-19 world. Trace, back to you.
1: You know, a lot of people don't realize that the second leading cause of death for teenagers in America today is no hope. They, they don't realize that. And when, so when a parent hears their child talking about not having any hope, Uh, they really need to start rolling up their sleeves and taking a good, hard evaluation of what's really going on here. So, uh, June, what are some of the different causes for kids uh, feeling hopeless?
2: Well, we will all experience loss. Now, as we grow older, we will have lost a number of significant relationships uh, along the way. But kids, they don't start out that way. Meaning, they start out as a blank page, and so it can feel like an excessive loss, a significant. I'm talking about the death of it could be a parent, a grandparent, uh, a sibling, it, and I'm going to use the word a pet. You think, well, wait a minute, pets don't live near as long as human beings, but your pet can be your best friend when you're a child. Mm-hmm. And if there's no relationship going on with the parents, uh that that can be the set we're talking about a setup. Now there are other things. I I mentioned already well, okay, you all know bullying. That would be abuse. But my point is there's a new word in the English language, bully side. Bully side mm. people, not just kids, but people who commit suicide because of being bullied and they feel right. helpless they feel hopeless it can be um a the social isolation and this is what is going on today this is why there's so many suicides and they the cdc and who they've realized th- that uh, all this lockdown and everything th- they're watching all these negative things that are happening especially the suicides so um, be aware, social isolation is not the solution that many people have thought it would be right. when it has these terrible psychological effects. Now, a person could have a psychological disorder. That's why you must go to a doctor. But you don't just go to a doctor for a checkup. You tell the doctor, if you're the parent, say, my son, my daughter, there, there is... A, at times, uh, a a depression that's not normal, that we've not seen, or there's been a depression for a long time, but there is now suicidal language. So uh, would you please check for whatever could be the cause? Because there are certain times uh, even a a medication that can, um, and a medication can be changed, but it it may be for one particular illness uh they need to change the medication but that's why it's imperative to go to a medical doctor and then um to see if there's a chemical imbalance and uh but there could be just excessive guilt that again the parent may not know about that's why your relationship with your your child or grandchild uh i think about Charles Stanley, I asked him one time, who was the most significant person in your life? And he said, my grandfather, whom I met only four times. Mm. Well, wow. You see, there had been a divorce. There had been, a, it was a messy situation. But that godly grandfather told him, Charles, if God tells you to run through a brick wall, Run through it. And at that point, he threw a paper route. <laughs> he was a young boy. He was a, he was a young, probably 10, 12. He said, if God tells you to run through a brick wall, you run as hard and as fast as you can. Because if he says run through it, he will make the way through it. There you go. And, you know, there are significant people that we need. It can be the grandmother, the grandfather, who is absolutely the the lifeline, the human lifeline that can connect that child with the the Lord of life.
1: Yeah. You know, June, everything that you're saying is absolutely true. Uh, There is another uh, uh, lane in this equation too. Uh, You know, (sighs) Dr. Archibald Hart talked about uh, pretty much the whole country being anhedonic, and that's a whole other topic. But you know, we have pleasured ourselves into imbecility. We've allowed our kids way too many choices. Uh, they become lonely long before COVID, uh, being isolated you know, in front of screens and keyboards. And some wise guy said uh, that the loneliest time in a human's life is when they just accomplished what they thought would bring them the ultimate, and mm. it's let them down. <laughs> and so that's where we're at. We're, we, we are a but, fragile but, you know, the society. Good thing,
2: the good thing is what you just said. When they find it doesn't work, then, it, first of all, they can be stunned, and severely disappointed, but that lets them know if they see other people who are victorious, like you, Trace, like some of the other kids that are around. This is what happened to me. I even had a plan to die, but I never heard of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. He is the God of hope. Literally, that the Bible says that, the God of hope. But I didn't have any idea about that. But I watched authentic Christian young people, and I thought, what is it that they have? Because all of a sudden, I'm around these people with Bibles. I, I had a Bible, never had opened it. But all I can tell, tell you is, oh, well, gee, they have this information. Oh, I guess that's it. Well, they did have information I didn't have, but they had transformation. Amen. And then someone was able to articulate that what Jesus did, why that he is God, he came to earth, and uh, he chose to die on the cross for our sins because, I think everybody knows they've blown it, everybody's chosen wrong, but the thing is, we can't pay the price for that. Jesus loved us enough to literally sacrifice his life, and when he did so the key is if we then it's our part if we would humble our hearts and receive jesus as our personal lord and savior then he would forgive us for all of our sins and when i prayed to receive jesus as my personal lord and savior giving him control of my life Mm. it didn't take away the hurt but oh did it lessen the heaviness in my heart and I wasn't verbal, but I was learning God's word. And yeah. and in fact, uh, the first verse that ever meant anything to me was, and you will know it immensely. Uh, Proverbs three, five, and six. And there's a reason I liked it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, I did that. Lean not on your own understanding. I thought, oh. You mean I don't have to understand why all this negativity, all this pain is going on? I don't have to understand it. There was there was huge comfort. Okay, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I said, okay, okay. So I, I couldn't understand because I grew up with the fictitious last name. My dad had three families going on at the same time. Mm. I, nobody had my situation, so I, there, I, I couldn't talk to anybody. And we yeah. didn't talk. In dysfunctional families, you don't talk. That's classic. But then I began to see people who had the real thing. They had real hope. They had real joy. Now, I was minus the joy, and but i didn't know i was but i was pretty emotionally flat but the the point is all i know is i didn't have to understand it all and like with this 14 year old that i talked with the other day i just asked her before i got on the phone with you i said do you have a favorite scripture and she said yes jeremiah 29:11 and i had given that to her about 2 months ago when I first met her, and I said, look at that. That scripture said, and it's God speaking. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Mm-hmm. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I yeah. said, Abby, when I talked to her about this, Abby, you don't have to know the plan. In fact, you won't know the plan. You can't know the plan. He says, I know the plans I have for you this is God speaking, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So you have no idea what he's going to do. In fact, I'm going to ask you, I said, Abby, um, tell me, is there something that you can imagine that you would do when you grew up? Most people don't know what they're going to do. And she said, all I know is I want to help people. I said, really? I said, that's Fantastic. And by the way, now she works with little five-year-old, four-year-olds in in church, and she loves to do that. So that's given her a sense of purpose. But she said, I want to help people. I said, do you know how many kids your age that people will not know that there is a lack of hope, but you will understand that because you didn't talk about it? And you're going to be used by God to help others have hope for their hearts because you've been there. This isn't wasted. All things will work together for your good, even though it can seem so negative at the time. I said, honey, I want you to hang on to hope because it's God's hope. It's not even your parents' hope. It's God's hope. He already knows how he's going to use this in your life. And one day you're going to look back and you'll say, thank God. You'll say, well, thank you, Lord, for letting me understand. Let me feel this because I do care about others. And you're going to make a difference. You'll be the hands and feet of Jesus in that way. And you will be able to give what previously you wouldn't have been able to have given. But because yeah. of you going through this deep time of trial, this it is tumultuous. And I understand mm. that, but you're going to get through it. He promises you will get through it.
1: Amen. I, I just finished uh, uh, my book. It's not published yet, but uh, the Miracles of Shepherd's Hill. And um, mm. you know, for it took years uh, to, for Shepherd's Hill to, to come to fruition. But it really is emblematic of what something Oswald Chambers said. And it might be good for Abby to latch onto this because this is this really meant a lot to me. It really is again the short the story of Shepherd's Hill. You can, he says. You cannot attain to a vision. You must live in the inspiration of the vision until the vision mm. accomplishes itself. Mm. And so you you are continually working in the waiting. You are you are uh, obeying what you know to obey for the time that you're in, for the situation you're in, and as you obey the light. He gives you more light. And then as you walk through those doors that he opens up, he opens up more doors. And then you begin to feel those rivers of living water to, just to flow through you. And then, you know, it, figuratively speaking, I see rivers of living water flowing out of these people. and I want some of that because I'm thirsty for it. Thank you. And June, thank you for
0: being with us on uh, License to Parent today. Our guest has been author, speaker, singer, and the founder of Hope for the Heart, June Hunt. Uh, By the way, let me recommend to you um, a new book that she's got coming out in February. It's called Anxiety, Calming the Fearful Heart. You can find it wherever you get your books. And again, June, thanks so much for for spending your time with us today. We greatly appreciate it always. Yes, ma'am. My
2: honor. Thank you.
0: And that wraps up another edition of Licensed to Parent. By the way, if you missed uh, any part of this program or would like to hear any of our past programs, You can do so on our website at LicenseToParent.org. Our time is up for today. A reminder that our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. And for Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you back again next time to renew
1: your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.